Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode number 36 of Lakeside. And we're talking about Song of Solomon chapter 3, and we're moving right along with the story. So we've gone flashbacks and flash forwards in this relationship. And ultimately, the whole big picture of what we've been discussing up until this point is showing the picture of how God, and who is the picture of the Solomon, the king, and us as the bride, and that relationship dynamic, how that looks like. You know, the, the days of going to church and just seeing God as this distant deity or this uh, this really hard to please parent is are those days are gone uh that is not who god is and you know years of my life were spent trying to please a god that was only concerned with my performance and when i understood god's heart for me you don't give away what you understand that you have and so if you understand god as as this parent that stands back and very aloof away from their their kids and that's how you're going to present God. That's what you're going to give out to people. If you see God's love as conditional and based upon your performance, then what you'll do is give out love to the relationships in your life based on their performance to you. So it's hard to understand this thing. We talk about, well I just there's some people I just can't love. Well really no, it's it's our understanding. It's our understanding of what we've been given. And you're right, there are some people you cannot love if your understanding of God is limited and based upon what you, um, what, what your performance is to Him. And so how we view God's love is extremely important. And so we're going to these flashbacks and flash forwards in the story of the shepherd girl and the king. And so we're picking right up. If you, li- if you looked at, listened to the last episode, we talked about how that carriage that came and took that girl from the village and took her to live with the king and what that was a picture of and the symbolic uh, meaning behind the different components used in creating that carriage and how God, you know, it's just like Solomon built that, that carriage for her. It was a picture of how God has provided a way for us to be brought into the kingdom with him. It was not an accident. It didn't teleport us in. It was no beam me up Scotty moment. You know, when God uh, brought us in, it was through the cross of Jesus Christ and, and, and the blood that was shed to cover and pay for our sins. And so so when you look at this whole thing where it says that king has built himself a chariot, it was God provided a lamb. God provided a place. He provided a way for us to have fellowship and relationship with him. And so the, we're going to pick the story up right in the, the portion where the girl is in the carriage. She's on her way to the palace. And honestly, we talked about how it wasn't an instant journey. He didn't race her breakneck speed from her house to the cal- to the palace and, and, and run her to the wedding altar, you know, shotguns off to the side. And I'm going to marry you, woman. <laughs> There's none of that stuff going. It was this deliberate trip that went all through the kingdom because the king was inter- was interested in her seeing the kingdom. He wanted her to see everything that now she had access to and that she was part of. But he also wanted everyone else to see his choice for a bride. And you know, when you and I come to a relationship with Christ and to a knowledge of him as our savior, God doesn't just whisk us off to heaven uh, right away. No, God says, no, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you experience our life. You have life more abundantly and you can now experience what it means to have life and and go through through your life with God and do life with him and that that dance that we talked about in one of the previous episodes with with God where it's I'm growing in my relationship with you it's awesome 
So here she is in the carriage and she's on her way to the palace. And I love this passage, very, very heavy in symbolism. Chapter three and verse number 11 says, go forth, O ye daughters of Zion. And behold, King Solomon with the crown wherewith his mother crowned him in the day of his espousals and in the day of the gladness of his heart. You know, I read this and I began to, you know, right away, you know, anytime you come to the word of God, you have to look at where it was written, who it was written to, and what was the, you know, what was the contextual layout of this scripture? What, what, what was the, what did it mean? What were the words? What were the terms? What, what did all of this mean? And so when I list, look at this, the very first thing that stood out to me was this crown that his mom gave him, the day of his espousals. You know, there were two crowns that each king would receive in his lifetime. We think of a king receiving a crown as, you know, something from the Robin Hood movie where they put the big glittering crown on your head and they have all the, those really, really long trumpets, like six foot long trumpets. Doo, 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 doo. You know, the Ricola trumpets, Ricola, those really long trumpets with the banners hanging on them. And they put this big glittering crown on the king's head. But there's actually two crowns that they would receive. The first crown you didn't really ever hear about, but it's there. The first crown a king would receive was referred to as the crown of espousals. And that was given to him not by his father, not by the king, not by the magistrates. It was a crown that was given to him by his mother. And this was just a simple handcrafted crown that was made from vines and figs and thistles and, and flowers. It was just kind of woven into like a wreath, like you'd hang on your door. I mean, this is a interior decorator nightmare, right? This is a Pinterest type craft. <laughs> you know, it's a Pinteresty crown. But it was a crown that was placed upon his head that his mother would make him. And really, the crown was was extremely important because the crown of espousals meant that the soon-to-be king was deemed mature enough to select a bride who would one day be queen. You didn't give the crown of espousals to someone if you thought that they were of the mental mindset when they went looking for a bride that they were just looking for someone that looked good, you know? This was given to someone that you knew was mature enough to make the decision that said, the person I choose to be my mate is also part of my purpose. There's two questions everybody asks in the world, and one of them is, where am I going? And the other one is, who's going with me? And the truth is, we ask those in the wrong order so many times. We're very quick to ask who's going with me, and we get we can get somebody to go with us. And then when time we figure out who we are and where we're going, the person that we ask to go with us may not want to be going where we're going. And then you make a choice. You know, you have some choices to make. Do I go or do I stay? I mean, what do I do? And so when it comes time for the crown of espousals, this was not something that was just thrown out there flippantly. This was something that, that the king was mature enough to pick a bride and say, I know who I am, I know what I'm going to do, I know what I'm ready to do, and I know what I need in order to get there. And so I'm going to choose someone based upon what, where we're going, what's needed for the journey. And ultimately, I'm choosing someone who has the qualities that are needed to help me in my purpose. This is going to be the queen. This is a person that's going to be a symbol of power to my kingdom. You know, I don't want to get this, and I can't stand up, you know, gum chomping, you know, dits. He's like, I need to have someone that knows where I'm going with this. I look at this as the beautiful message behind this. The crown of thorns. Okay, remember, let's just think about the cross here. The crown of thorns was given to Jesus to wear. It was not given to him by the angels. They didn't put it together. It was man. Mankind grabbed the person of Jesus Christ and said, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. 
And they, they wrapped a crown of thorns together to mock him as being king of the Jews. And it was a long one-inch spikes, the thorns, and they stuck it on his head and they shoved it down where it actually pierced through his eyebrows, right by his eyes, and just pierced the skin and dug deep into his scalp. The crown of thorns was given to Jesus to wear by mankind. It was made of thorns and vine-like thistles. It was fashioned into a, a small crude crown. Jesus was delivered to this earth through Mary, and it was through the sin nature of his mom that Jesus was presented the crown of espousals. I think that's such a powerful picture. You got, may have to stop this for just a moment and just think about that for a minute. It was mankind that gave him the crown of espousals that said, you're ready to choose your bride. His sinless life and death upon the cross, the resurrection of the third day, it proved him worthy to redeem his bride. The second crown that you would get would be the crown that you would get when you, where you were ready to rule your kingdom. It was presented to you usually by your father. It was presented to you to say you are now worthy to rule. And it's awesome to me to see this picture that when Jesus died on the cross and they, when they put that crown of thorns, they were presenting him the crown of spouse saying, you are worthy to choose your bride. And he said, I've chosen her. It's the church. I've chosen my bride. It's the church. And it's awesome to me that he's going to return one day to claim his bride and his rightful title as the king of kings. He's coming back one day. He didn't just die and, and get buried and rose from the dead and go off to heaven to go live uh, for a while. No, he said, I'm going to prepare a place. Just like Solomon, he said, I'm going to prepare a place and I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back to redeem my bride and I'm redeeming you unto myself. And I think about that's when, when, you, when you think about all the dynamics behind that and how, how God is the king of kings and how how he's sending his son and it's just it's amazing to me and mind-blowing to me and it just makes you feel that the king has been made worthy to claim you man jesus was made worthy to claim me i love that all throughout scripture you find these little parallels and pictures of the the ram um remember abraham when he's when he's offering isaac up on the mountain he had his son and he's going to sacrifice him and god said hold on don't don't kill isaac and there was a ram that was caught by his horn in the thicket and i look at that and the, the horn was the strength of that ram and his, his very strength held him constrained inside that thicket and the thicket was a thorn bush and it was a picture of christ and man when when they put the crown of thorns on his head they put it they pushed it onto his head is a symbol of the mind and it was like that's the strength and the ram our sacrifice was held there his strength was held held him to that cross it was not um not a the nails that held him there it was his own strength and his own love that held him there and he said i'm caught in the thicket for man i came to redeem you and he said that's my crown of espousals and i've taken it because i'm taking my bride and i've already selected her i've already selected her it's beautiful to me let me ask you a question how does it make you feel to know that your king has been made worthy to claim you. Jesus has been made worthy to claim you. I love that. What can you do? If that's true, then what can you do to cancel his right to claim you? You know, all the time, you know, we think about, I mess up and I do this and I do that and I, I'm not worthy of this. You know what? That was already settled the day that he chose you already settled. He said, I chose you. Romans 5, 8 says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinning, while we were actively in opposition to him, while we were actively pushing away from him, 
Christ died for us. We talked about in earlier episodes, but you know we have this love, uh, this understanding of love. How we understand it is is truly reflected in how we give it away to other people. And some, you know, some we look at love and says, "Hey, listen, I'll love you, and then you love me, or you love me, and then I'll love you back." And God says, "I don't get that at all. I don't operate on that understanding of love. My love says, I love you, knowing that you won't love me back. I love you, knowing that you are not always going to walk with me. I love you, knowing that you're going to choose other things over me. I love you, knowing all of those things. I still love you. There's nothing you and I can do that would cancel His right to claim us. Our King claims us. Our King has been made worthy." Our king was crucified for us as our sacrifice. He rose from the dead on the third day. Our king has made me worthy to claim us. You are claimable. Say, I can't let God. I heard people say, I, I just let God down. <laughs> I let God down. How many times have you ever thought you let God down? You know what? You can only let someone down if you ever at one time held them up. You can't let God down because you never held him up. Man, you didn't let God down. He holds you up in the relationship. He always holds you up in the relationship. He was made worthy to claim us, and there's nothing we can do to cancel his right. It didn't matter when this carriage pulled to the stop and in front of that, that, uh, that palace. You know, here we talked about how the, the details of the carriage, and here it rolls to a stop in front of the palace, and she has just went through the entire kingdom. She's uh, seen the beauty of the kingdom. She's seen the little little accent pieces in the carriage that have caught her eye, and all those little beams of light that have caught her eye that all brought attention to the fact that she was loved, and all of a sudden, the, the carriage rolls to a stop at the front, and she feels the, she hears the, the, so the handle on the carriage turn, and the door opens up, and the footman pulls a step down, and she steps out of the carriage into the sunlight of that kingdom, her new New home and they are standing on the front steps of the palace right there outside of her reach holding their hand out extending it is God and I think that's so awesome to me that picture of her stepping down into taking his hand and stepping onto that red carpet in front of the palace he's standing there with the crown of espousals on his head he's like I, I am able to claim you now I am I am worthy to claim you and I I'm been deemed mature enough to pick a bride and I've selected you and he takes her hand and he walks with her up the steps into her brand new life and I look at that and I say how awesome is that when the carriage ride comes to a, to a stop? And I've been in the hospital with people. I've been at the bedside of people when the carriage ride for them came to a stop and they breathed that last breath and, and that, that death rattle took its place. And you watch that human soul and that human spirit just depart from that body. And when you watch that happen, that last final moment, it wasn't someone dying. What it was was the carriage was coming to a stop and that door was opening and they breathed again. And the very first breath that they breathed on the other side of eternity, they were were holding the hand of the king that had the worthy and had claimed them and they took that first step into their brand new life. They were walking into the palace. Awesome. Awesome. Man, when it comes time for my carriage to stop and for your carriage to stop, we're not just stopping into the unknown. The king is waiting. He stands and ready waiting for that carriage and he has been aware of us. He knows exactly how long that carriage ride is going to take. And he's waiting to open that door and hold out his hand and take our hand and take us into the palace. I've claimed you. I've redeemed you. I went off and I prepared a place for you. He even said, if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. I'm coming again to redeem you. What an awesome, awesome picture. I love this episode. Whithersoever thou goest is what I'm going to call this. And 
This is Song of Solomon chapter 3 and verse number 11. Well, we talked about here, and even if you know, if, you've, if you're just first time joining us, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're with us. If you have been with me ever since day one, that's awesome, and I'm so glad that you're here with me as we continue to go through the book of Song of Solomon. Uh, we're actually, you can read your Bible and go through it with us, or you can have Solomon's Song. It's a 90-day devotional that has been hand uh, crafted to, to match exactly what we're talking about. So it's a day-by-day look at each passage in the Song of Solomon. And I encourage you to get it. If you haven't gotten that book, you can get that at Amazon or you can go to uh, danielstombaugh.com and you can order a copy of your devotional there and you can get that shipped to you and you can, we, we can go right through the rest of this journey together. So I encourage you, if you're on the podcast, just go ahead and click subscribe or click follow if it's on iTunes or Podbean, however that works for you. But uh, join, join us and be part of this journey. And I promise you, you'll be strengthened in your hope and belief. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have the greatest day of your life today. Make sure you smile to someone today. Your smile shows your source and the world is hungry for your source. God bless you and we will see you next time.